0: Hey there, this is Mark Scarborough, and this is the podcast Walking with Dante, a podcast that has slow walked through mm, just a little more than the first third of Dante's masterwork comedy, the first 34 cantos of it, of 100 cantos in all. So a little more than a third, we are now in the luxurious position to be able to look back over Inferno and just read it. For what it is, a plot, the grand plot of Inferno. Unbelievable. We're at cantos 21 through 23 of this reading straight through of Inferno. No blather, no commentary. (laughs) You can't believe how often as I read through these passages, I want to stop and say, whoa, wow, I just thought of something. But of course I don't. And of course we're just (laughs) Get Straight on. But man, this is killing me as a literary analyst, as somebody trained in literary criticism to just read something. I, I can't do it. It's like reading without a pencil in my hand. You know, I can't even read a magazine like the New Yorker or the Atlantic without a pencil in my hand. I can't. It's how I've been trained to read. I have a pencil. That's that's how you read a book. Anyway, I'm doing this without a pencil, or we're reading it straight through. Cantos 21 through 23 of Inferno. This is my English translation. You can find it on my website, markscarborough.com, or WalkingWithDante.com, but please don't. (laughs) Please, instead, just sit back and enjoy the ride. Enjoy Inferno for what it primarily is, first and foremost, the story of a man who wakes up lost and decides to walk across the universe. Well, that's it. A little bit of the medieval Florentine, badly pronounced, to begin, a little bit to end. It's the opening and closing of this passage, otherwise cantos 21 through 23 of Inferno. Così di ponte in ponte, altro parlando, che la mia comedia cantar non cura, venimo. In this way, from bridge to bridge, while talking about things my comedy isn't bothered to sing, we went along. We'd reach the apex when we stopped to be able to see into the next cleft of these evil pouches and the next futile blubbering. I saw that it was amazingly dark as the Venetians in their arsenale boil the gluey pitch all through the winter to seal the boards of any unsound ships, because they cannot sail then, and so instead someone works on a new hull, and someone cocks the slats of a ship that's made a few too many voyages, someone hammers together the prow, and someone else the stern, others fashion the oars, and still others twist the ropes, someone else sews up the jib in the mainsail, in just this way, if, not by fire but by divine craft the thick pitch boiled away down below clinging to the banks on both sides i saw the pitch for sure but i didn't see anything in it except the bubbles levitated by the boiling all seething up and then settling down deflated While my gaze was stuck on the stuff down there, my guide Virgil said to me, "'Watch out! Watch out!' Then he yanked me over to him from where I stood. At that, I turned around like a guy who looks almost too late at what surely he must flee. So dispirited is he with sudden fear, even if, looking back, he doesn't hesitate to take flight.' And I see back behind us a black devil running right at us along the crag. Wow! How insanely fierce he looked, and how disgusting his bearing appeared to me, with his wings spread wide and so light on his feet, draped over his shoulders, which were themselves sharp and huge. A sinner was clutched tight by the haunches and hooked through the sinews at his heels." From our bridge, the demon called out, Hey, you evil talons, behold an elder from St. Zita in Lucca. Dunk him under, while I go back for another in that city, which is stocked up with his sword. Everybody's a barriter there, except for Bonturo. They morph no into yes for simple cash. He chucked the guy down and turned back along the hard crag. Man, a mastiff let loose, never made off so fast after a thief. The guy went under, then turned over and resurfaced. The devils who were hiding under the bridge hollered, We ain't got no place here for the sacred face. You probably swim with different strokes in the Sergio. That's why, unless you've got a hankering for our grappling hooks... You don't want to let a bit of you protrude out of that pitch. At that, they slashed at him with a hundred barbs, saying, You're going to need to do your dances all covered up and grab it stuff, if you can, in the dark. It's the same way with chefs who make their sous chefs use their skewers on a hunk of meat to keep it down in the pot rather than floating up on top. My good master said to me, so that it'll seem as if you're not even here. Squat down behind that outcropping to hide yourself from them. Hey, however offensive they get toward me, don't get the jitters. I've got everything under control. I've already been through a scuffle like this one before. After Virgil had gone on beyond the bridge's abutment and gotten over to the sixth bank, he had to put on his game face. With all the fury and chaos of a pack of dogs let loose on a poor beggar the sort who just up and starts his pleading wherever he stops they sprang out from under the bridge and parried all their grappling hooks at him but he cried out none of you better think you can hurt me before you stick me with your forks one of you come over here to hear me out and then make a decision about ripping me open they all cried send evil tail one demon stepped out the rest stood firm and came up to him saying "'How's this gonna help him? Do you really believe, evil tale, that you see me here having come all this way,' my master said to him, "'yet still safe from all your tricks, without divine will and fate somehow on my side? Let us be on our way, for it is willed in heaven that I show another this savage path.' At that the demon's pride fell so fast that he let his hook dangle down to his feet, he said to the others, Don't anyone do nothing to him. At which point my leader called to me, Hey, you, all smashed down among the rubble of the bridge. Now you can come back safely to me. At that, I forced myself to move and came quickly to his side. Then the devils aggressively advanced on us, and I trembled lest they break their truce. One other time, I saw some soldiers in great fear as they filed out of Caprone, even if under a security pact because they realized their enemies had surrounded them. I pressed my whole body as close as I could against my leader and didn't even blink in the face of the demon's looks, which for sure weren't very good. They lowered their forks, and one of them said, maybe I should give him a poke on his tushy. And the others replied, yep, let him have it. But that demon who had been holding forth my master jerked around fast and said, Heal. "'Heel, Tusslehead!' Then he said to us, "'It's not possible for you to go any farther along this spoke "'because the sixth arch is busted up "'all over the bottom of the ditch. "'But if it pleases you to keep going, "'stroll along the cliff right here. "'Soon enough, there'll be another arch you can get across. "'Yesterday, at a moment five hours later than this one, "'1,266 years ago,' That marks the anniversary of the trimmer that broke the road. I'm mustering my men to go along that way and see if any sinner has come up for air. You can go with them. They won't harm you. Harlequin, step up. And Frost Trampler, too, he said. You too, badass dog. Curly Beard will lead the squadron. Love, crack. Come along, and uh, little big dragon, as well as tusked big pig and mange dog and butterfly imp and crazy red face, you go have a look at the simmering birdlime and get these two safe to the next ledge that runs intact over the pit. Good grief, master. I said, Why does it say see? Please, if you know, let's go without any escort service. I- I'm not asking for one on my account. If you're just as cautious as always, can't you see that they're grinding their teeth and threatening us harm with their eyebrows? And Virgil said to me, I don't want you to be so afraid. Let them grind away as much as they want. They're doing that for the stewed sorrowers. They then turned onto the left embankment. But first, each of them stuck his tongue through his teeth to give a salute to their captain. And he used his asshole as a trumpet. I've seen knights break camp, get ready for an attack, and make their muster, and even retreat to save themselves. I've seen scouting parties in your land, you meant about it, so, and even raiding parties, as well as a clash of tournaments and jousts at a full run. Some start with trumpets, some with bells, others with drums and flares from the castle, even with native-born signals and ones from far-off lands, but never... With such a weird pipe have I seen a cavalry charge, or foot soldiers advance, or a ship set sail with a signal from the land, or a star. We walked along with these ten demons, wow, what a ferocious company, but in the church with saints, in the bar with drunks. My attention was completely on the pitch to see every particular about this pouch and the people burning inside it. As dolphins, when they make signals to the mariners with the arch of their spines so that those guys take precautions for saving their ships, well, in the same way, once in a while to lessen his pain, one of the sinners would show his back and hide it again in a flash. And as at the water's edge in a ditch, frogs stand there with just their snouts sticking out, keeping their feet and their big bulks submerged, so the sinners positioned themselves on both sides, but as Curly Beard got near, they sank back under the boil. I saw, and even now my heart still skips a bead, one linger a bit, just as you might see one frog hesitate while the others leap away, and Mangedog, who was closest to him, hooked him by his tarred hair and hauled him on shore. He looked like an otter to me. I already knew their names because I jotted them down as they were selected. And then when they called out to each other, Oh, red face, make sure you sink your claws into him and tear the skin off, shouted the whole crew of evildoers at once. And I said, my master, find out if you can't who this wretch is. This wretch has fallen into his enemy's hands. My leader pulled up alongside him and asked where he was from. And he said, I was born in the kingdom of Navarre. My mother put me into service for a lord after she conceived me with a drunkard who wasted himself and his earthly possessions. Then I went into the family of good King Thibault, where I figured out how to get in on the take, for which my accounts are squared up in this cauldron. And Big Pig, who had tusks like a wild boar's that stuck out from either side of his mouth, made the guy feel how one of them could gash the mouse had fallen among grievous cats but Curlybeard held the guy tight with his arms and said stand back while i pin him in then he turned to face my master and said ask away if you want to talk some more to find out about him before any one of these brutes disembowels him thus my leader said okay tell us is there any italian among the sinner's under this pitch. And the guy said, I just left one a moment ago who came from around those parts. How I wish I were still covered up with him so I wouldn't be trembling by these claws and hooks. And Lovecraft said, we've hung out long enough. He lanced the guy's arm with a grappling hook and gave a big tug, ripping a hunk of flesh out of him. Little Big Dragon also wanted to hook him on down below through the legs, but at this, their decurion whipped around on them real fast with an ugly grimace. When they all hushed their fury a bit and the guy was still staring at his open lacerations, my leader grabbed at another chance to ask him, who was it you mentioned from whom you took your miserable departure to come to the bank? And he replied, oh, it was Friar Gomita, the guy out of Galura, who's the very urn of fraud, who had his master's enemies in his hand and handled them so that each one sings his praises. He took their cash and on the sly let them get away, so he says. And in other official duties, he wasn't a small-time grifter, but a kingpin. He's always hanging around with Don Michael Zanke of Logoduro. When they talk about Sardinia, their tongues just won't wear out. Oh my, look at that one snarling through his teeth. I I go on chatting. I'm afraid he's getting ready to claw my scaly bits. The head honcho turned to Butterfly Imp who was rolling his eyes up in his head for a strike and said, Get back in line, you filthy little bird. The quaking sinner started up again. If you'd really like to see and hear from some Tuscans or Lombards... I can make them get over here. Just make the evil claws stand a little to the side so the guys won't be terrorized by the demons holding onto their vendettas. Then I, standing at this very spot, I'm just the one who can whistle to make seven of them come when I whistle. That's how we do it when any of us gets out of the pitch for a bit. At this, badass dog raised his snout and shook his head saying, What a base trick he's thought up just so he can dive back in. But the guy replied, "Who was stocked full of big plans. I'd have to be the basis of the base if I brought more suffering on one of my own. Harlequin couldn't hold back, and as opposed to the other demons, said to the guy, if you take the dive, I won't just come at you at a full gallop. I'll beat my wings to get over the pitch. Let's pull back from the cliff's edge to conceal ourselves behind the bank, and we'll see if all by yourself... You're any match for our might. Hey, you readers, you're about to hear a whole new game. Each of the demons turned his sights on the bank's other side, with the devil out in front who had been most opposed. The Navarrese timed out everything really well. He planted his feet firmly on the ground and in a flash took the dive, got himself out of their designs. At that, each demon felt the pangs of killed most of all the one who'd caused the blunder. He flew up and cried, caught in the act. Well, good it did him. His wings couldn't overtake the guy's sheer terror. That center went under, and the demon soared chest up in mid-flight like when a puddle duck dives for the bottom the moment a falcon gets close. The bird of prey then swerves up again, all tormented and whipped. Frost Trampler was so angry for being made into a fool, that he went flying behind him, hoping the sinner would escape just so he could pick a fight. When the bear had dropped from sight, Frost Trampler aimed his talons at Harlequin and put a wrestling hold on him above the ditch. But Harlequin had been well and fully fledged. He clawed back pretty good until they both tumbled down into the boiling muck. The heat immediately made them let go of each other, but because their wings were enlimed, there was no way for them to rise. Curly Beard, who was crying foul as much as the others, made four of the crew fly over to the opposite bank, each armed with one of their grappling hooks. And soon enough, they came down to their position, stretching their hooks out to the stuck demons, who were pretty well cooked to a crisp crust. And so we left them, messing around in that ditch, hushed up, by ourselves without companions we walked on one in front the other behind like mendicant franciscan's going down a road there's that fable by esop i couldn't help but think of it because of this wrestling match the one where he talks about the frog and the mouse which are not much different than right now and right away when you compare one case with the other, especially if we bring together the beginning and the ending with Close Inspection. And just as one notion bursts out of another, and so another one was born from that one, at which my first fear got doubled, I thought... Because of us, those demons have been fooled with injuries and ridicule, which means they must feel the same toward us. If their bad intentions get wound into a hank along with anger, they're going to come at us even more cruelly than a dog's jaws bite down on a rabbit. At that, I felt the hair with fear bristle all over my scalp. I kept looking behind us when I said, Master, Unless you can pretty quickly hide the two of us, I'm freaking out about those evil claws. They must be right behind us. In fact, I imagine them so well that I can hear them on the way. And Virgil said to me, If I were crafted from leaded glass, I wouldn't mirror your outward appearance any faster than I feel the state of your mind. Just now your thoughts have joined up with mine. The selfsame attitude and look so that I've bound everything up in a single council. If it turns out that the slip on our right let us get down into the next pouch we can get away from this imagined hunt he hadn't finished detailing a plan like that when i saw them coming at us with their wings wide open closing and fast with the intent to grab us my master quickly picked me up like a mother who wakes up at the brouhaha sees the flames right at hand picks up her son and gets out without a moment's hesitation caring more for him than herself to the extent that she doesn't even put on a shift So Virgil leapt from the rough edge of the cliff and started to slide down the slope on his back, the side that formed the closer wall of the next pouch. Water hasn't ever flowed any faster through a sluice as it rushes from a stream to turn the paddles of a mill's grinding wheel than my master went flailing down that bank, still holding me to his chest, not as if I were a fellow traveler, but his son— The moment his feet touched the floor of the chasm, there were demons on the ridge above us. But there was no need to gasp out loud because high providence, which had made them the ministers of the fifth ditch, takes away the power of their ever leaving it. Down at the bottom, we found tented folks who went around the circle with really slow steps, all the while wailing with the look of defeat exhausted. They had on cloaks with cowls so low they fell over their eyes, made in the fashion the ones tailored for the monks at Cluny. The cloaks outside dazzled with giltwork, work, but the inside was all lead and so very heavy that they made the ones Frederick used on people seem like woven straw, a very tiring tunic to last all of eternity.' We turned in the usual direction to go along with these guys. We were intent on their sad laments. But because of the weight, these worn-out guys came along so slowly that we got new companions every time we put one foot in front of the other. I said to my master, Maybe you could find someone who's known for his deeds or his name. Glance around as we walk along. And one of them behind us caught my Tuscan speech and called out, slow down you guys who speed along through this dismal air maybe you can get what you want from me at which my leader virgil turned and said hang back a bit then continue on at his pace i stopped and saw two make a big spirited effort to get up to me but were slowed by their burden and the straightened path when they finally got to me they gave me the side eye without saying a word then turned to each other and said together, That one might be alive because his throat moves. If they were both dead, what permits them to skip wearing the heavy coat? Then they said to me, O oh, Tuscan, who is come to the synod of the hypocrites, don't diss us by not telling us who you are. And I to them, I was born and reared in the grand town beside the beautiful Arno River. And I'm in the body I've always had, but who are you? What great sorrow distills the tears running down your cheeks? And what grief is on you that glitters so much? One of them replied to me, "'Our orange cloaks are made of so much lead "'that their weight makes us creak along "'like out-of-balance scales. "'We were jolly friars, Bolognese, in fact. "'My name is Catalano, and this is Lodoringo. "'We were put into service by your city, "'just as a single man is usually chosen "'to maintain the peace. "'And we were the type that you can still see the results.' Around the Gardingo. I started up with, Oh, friars, your evil ways. But I didn't say anything else because my eyes caught sight of one who was crucified with three stakes out on the ground. When he saw me, he had a writhing fit, puffing out his beard with lots of sighs. Friar Catalano realized what was going on and said to me, The one nailed there? The guy you stare at counseled the Pharisees that it was expedient for one to be martyred for the rest of the populace. He's stretched out and naked on the road. As you see, he must first feel the heavy tread of each of us as we pass this way. His father-in-law lies stretched out across the floor of this ditch, as are the rest of that council who sowed the evil seed among the Jews. At that I saw Virgil slack-jawed about this one who was pulled into the shape of a cross, a dishonorable fate for the rest of his eternal exile. When Virgil finally got his voice back, he said to the friar, If it doesn't displease you, and if you're allowed... Please tell us if along the right-hand wall there's some sloping passage that can enable us to make an exit from down here without relying on those black angels to come to this bottom and provide us transportation. That one replied, a lot closer than you hope. Up ahead is one of the ridges that starts at the largest circle and moves down over these savage valleys, except for this one where it's all tumbled down and doesn't span it. You can climb up over the rocky rubble lying along the bottom and piled up the side. My leader stood there for a moment with his head lowered. Then he said, That one over there who hooks the sinners gave us bad advice about this matter. And the friar replied, Once in Bologna, I heard something said about the devil's many vices. He's a liar and the father of lies. Then my leader took off with big strides, troubled a bit, and looking very angry. I, too, parted from the burdened souls, following in the footprints of those dear feet. Appresso il duca a gran passi senci, turbato un poco dire nel sembiante, onde io dall'incarti mi parti, dietro alle poste di la Piante. well we have passed now through the bearers and the hypocrites on down into the sixth pit and now we are ready to start the seventh pit of the Malabolgia in the next episode of Walking with Dante subscribe to this podcast rate it if you will I really appreciate that part but mostly I just appreciate you being on this walk with me thank you for those of you who are dropping comments on my website markscarborough.com. thank you for the discussions that are erupting there about things like cicero and republican virtues oh, amazing stuff stuff that makes me reconsider some of my interpretive positions on in comedy and on inferno so far Join me next time as we continue on down through the evil pouches of fraud as we read through Inferno as our concluding gesture to this first canticle of Dante's Masterwork Comedy. I'm Mark Scarborough. I'll see you soon.